Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Beacon of Light podcast this evening. I am here tonight with Mr. Brian Wagner, and we're so excited that he's here because he's going to give us a type of perspective on a, new, on a book that he has written, and it is called Sometimes It Does Take a brain surgeon. So this is a very interesting title. We're going to wait till a few people pop in here, but know that your minds are going to be a little bit blown tonight. And I've invited some specific guests to come this evening and that you might recognize a few of them, Brian. Um, and so we're going to see how many pop up. So again, my name is April Tribe Duke and I am broadcasting here from the Kyle, Texas area. And Brian, where are you broadcasting from? I am broadcasting from Columbus, Ohio. Awesome. Columbus, Ohio. Great. How's the weather right now? Nice springtime. It is, uh, well, it was 60 today and uh, sunny for the most part, but uh, no rain. It had rained a lot over the last few days, but uh, the rest of this week, it's supposed to be sunny and with, um, uh, with, what, 60s, mid 60s, uh, I think, with no rain. So, more goodness. Awesome. Beautiful May. I hope those flowers are out blooming, the grass yes. is greening up. Just a beautiful time to be out. And such a great difference compared to, to last year. And we're getting out a little more and just enjoying so many more things. So, awesome, incredible. And, Brian, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, yourself and some of the neat accomplishments that are be coming up in July that we kind of talked about. I'd love for the audience to be able to know what it is that you do. So go ahead and share a little bit about yourself. Um, okay. Well, the most important thing, well, I'm a child of God, by the way, um, but I also am a father of three. My kids are 26, 23, and 21 years old. They're all, almost all of them are out of college. Um, the youngest one, will be going through his senior year next year. And, and uh, they're all great kids and they do a very phenomenal job. Um, they're just uh, great, great people to be with. And then my wife, of course, for our 30 years is Connie. She is, uh, she is uh, incredible as well, as you might imagine. But then uh, I also work as a, um, after school program coordinator at the Ohio School for the Blind, where I help people with uh, and, and help to make activities for the kids to to do things uh, outside of school. So after school, um, which is part of the federal 21st century grant. But the biggest thing that I'm doing outside of that is I'm a speaker and I speak to organizations all across the country about how they can. Uh, embrace their own personal blindness to achieve a greater vision for their life, which is really the premise of uh, a radical vision, which is the company that, that um, I started, <laughs> if I can say that. Um, but uh, really uh, with that, I'm also going to be the, uh, the president of the NSA's Ohio national speakers association, NSA, the NSA Ohio chapter, um, it, I'll be the uh, president for that starting in July. And that's what you're referring to, April. Yes, amazing. So we've got someone here that really has some great perspective, has had great life experiences, and I'm so happy for your kids, your wife, 30 years, congratulations. 
And I know a little bit about Brian based on some of the information that he shared with me is that he's the youngest of 10. And I, I love big families. So really cool. And um, his dad was a tomato farmer. I mean, wow. So you've done a lot of stuff, I'm sure. A lot of different kinds of chores out there on a tomato farm. Uh, each each summer, each fall, we would go out to big tomato farms on the you pick part and pick and pick and pick tons of tomatoes so we can make our spaghetti sauce and chili and all that fun stuff. So I only know that much of the tomato farms. Every time I smell it, I'm like, wow, it's fall time. I love it. <laughs> great, great stuff. Great stuff. So. I, I want to hear about this book. So you can see it running on the ticker behind it or underneath us, and it's called Sometimes It Does Take a Brain Surgeon. So so what does that mean? What what are we talking about here, Brian? Well, uh, when I was 10 years old, I first had uh, my first problem with my brain stem, my brain, um, where I had hydrocephalus, which is a buildup of fluid on the brain. And so I ended up having a a tube or a shunt put into my head. It runs into, into under my skin, um, all the way down from my uh, head, all the way into my abdomen. And it drains the excess cranial fluid from my brain to my abdomen. That was the first uh, instance I had of issues with my brain. Um, after that, I had, uh, in uh, 1992, I had been diagnosed with uh, a cavernous malformation, uh, a cavernous malformation. Hey, Laura Shortbridge. Hi, Laura. Short Ridge, not Bridge. <laughs> uh, yes, I was young as 10, but thank you. Um, so really, with that, um, in 92, they diagnosed me with a cavernous malformation. And this cab mal, for short, for cavernous malformation, it is a malformed blood vessel, and they can form anywhere in your body. Mine just happened to have formed in my brainstem. And in 92, this was the first instance of them noticing it, and also the first instance of them, them uh, determining that it bled. Well, it bled, and it put pressure on some of the nerves that control my hands and my, my feet. And my, so my right side of my body was numb. That was in 92, but then in, in, uh, in 2011, it bled again and it put pressure on the nerves that control my vision. And when it put pressure on the nerves that control my vision, um, both of my eye, eyelids went down and both of my eyeballs don't go together, even till this day, they don't go together. So if this eyelid were open, you I see I have an eyeball in there, but my eyeballs don't go together, so I keep that close. Anyway. So that was what so happened. That, so okay, I, I have an I have an image, and and, and if this is offensive, I, I apologize ahead of time. But right when you said that, I'm like, oh, that's like Mad Eye Moody, like that eye that that can just swivel all around his magical eye. You've got a magic eye. <laughs> I have a magic I'm eye. Sure, I'm sure you just open it up and get. That's how you've been spying on your three kids. I got it. That's right. why they're so good because you got the extra vision on them, right? Exactly. Hey, I got it. Radical vision. <laughs> I got it now. I got it. Now. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. Okay, keep on going. No. So um, they they determined that the the problems I had were only going to become worse and more frequent. So they um, decided that I needed to have brain surgery. And this is something that doctors have told me all along, never let someone do, never let someone operate on my brainstem. 
because I have um, these cavernous malformations are in my brainstem. So a lot of bad stuff can happen if they go in there. But uh, the problems I had were only going to get worse and more frequent. So I decided to go for it. And I flew to Phoenix, Arizona. And on April 1st of 2011, no fooling, I had brain surgery. <laughs> yeah. So, wow. yeah. Uh, now, that, was this something you were awake for? I know like some surgeries, you're not awake. Some surgeries, you are awake when it comes to brain surgeries. I mean, it's so different. So I don't know. I was not awake. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, my uh, my wife was there with me. One of my best friends was there with me. Um, yeah, my uh, my one of my brothers was there. So it was um, it was um, an interesting time that uh, seemed to last forever at the time. But really, looking back on it, it went by in the blink of an eye. Um, no pun intended. <laughs> I was gonna say just just one eye, right? A blink of one right, eye. Right. <laughs> Um, but after that, I, I knew, I knew, um, I had a friend who, who encouraged me to go see this guy. His name was Kerry and Kerry Oberer, um, who, you know, as well, uh, we had just written one of his books. Um, uh, his book was the deeper path and the deeper path is all about understanding your purpose. And that book really, I mean, I was able to read it for one, which is odd being a person that one doesn't read, two can't see, and three—I don't know what the third thing is—but there's got to be three. Um, so the fact that I read that book and uh, and joined his tribe and went through the uh, the cohort for the uh, for all that. Yes, thanks for the for the recognition of the puns, Laura. Um, but what? The recognition that I went through all that, um, and I and I was able to, to go through the um, the deep path cohort was was incredible. But I I've come to understand that what I was meant to do, and and part of it was to write a book, part of it was to you know to speak, part of it was to 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 do other things. But first and foremost, I was not supposed to quit my day job, so I didn't do that for about six years. But I did in the, that time. I did write the book, and I really wrote the book with the intent of leaving something behind for my kids. They were 11, 13, and 15 at the time of my surgery. So the, the idea that something might happen to me after I had surgery or, or years after I had surgery led me to, I just wanted to have something for them so they would know who I was. And if they ever had kids, they would be able to tell them their dad, their, their kids, who their grandpa was was um with that book what a great so, legacy that that's a fantastic way to to think about and stealing something for for the future and not just for your you know for your own gain but for something really to leave as that legacy beautiful concept there brian i love it thank you um Welcome. so that's that's where uh sometimes it does take a brain surgeon came from and uh it's been it's been great to to be able to have that and uh to hold that book, uh, it means an awful lot. So, awesome! It does. I think it's incredible. I so how are the chapters laid out? Like, are there things that is it? Does it just talk about your surgery? Does it talk about your kids? What is the meaning within the book? So within the book, uh, it's laid out in uh, 
in a uh, format where I take people from a point of blindness to sight to vision. So that's the overall format. Um, individually, the chapters, there's four chapters within each of those. So there's 12 total. Um, but in blindness, you know, we have to understand how there are sometimes things that we're, we're not seeing that we should be. Uh, and, I, and I walk people through the, um, the, the course of me going down a sidewalk, uh, simply as simple as walking down a sidewalk. So that's how I relate uh, that metaphor, if you will, to life. And understanding the, the blindness is where you don't see everything you should be. Um, sight is where you, uh, you begin to see through your blind spots and begin to you know, get to a point where you, you have self-awareness, you have um, you know, um, more acceptance of what's happened. So obviously, you know, I have things that have happened to me, but other people have had, had instances in their lives and traumatic things that have happened in their lives where they, they just need to accept them. And then that whole uh, awareness and acceptance leads to uh, action. And that's so important. And that leads us to vision. Right. I think that the perspective, what Laura says here is you have great perspective, Brian. I also love your compassion for others and your wit. It was an honor to meet you in person. <laughs> Looks like you got a fan here. Miss oh, Laura's yeah, in the house. Fine. Thank you, Laura. <laughs> awesome. So, so in this idea of, of us being blind to our blind spots, what is an example of a blind spot that we might have? Oh, uh, well, sometimes we have blind spots when we, uh, get too emotional. And so emotion can cause a blind spot. If you have a feeling where, you know, you, you're, um, you're not getting to where you want to go or you, something's not working the way you want it to work. Um, it may be because you're too emotionally invested in this certain, um, aspect of whatever it is you're working on. So emotion can become a blind spot. Greed can be another blind spot, you know, we get so wrapped up in, in the greed and the power of that greed and, and understanding how important it is to to um, to to recognize that is um, very important. And that's where really where where blind spots come in. Wow. So they're probably different for other people based on maybe what their strengths and their weaknesses are. And so um, in the book or you're describing this part about basically walking around blind. How do then we we find our, our sight? How do we peel things off? Like, what do we do? Yeah, so, um, thank you, Laura. Uh, really, one of, the, uh, one of the main things that you can do is just dream. And I think dreaming is one of those areas where, you know, too many, too many times we don't take the time out of our daily lives to just sit and be quiet and to, to think about what's going on and how we can best um, process that, uh, whether it's through prayer or whether it's through, you know, just uh, meditation, whatever, whatever works for you. I think um, that is probably one of the best things that we can do to begin to see through our blind spots. Wow. Okay. So, it, it seems like we've got to reach beyond ourselves to start seeing at least some sight, right? And yeah. meditation, prayer, those kinds of things. So how do we then, how do we get the vision? Like, how do we come to that part? Like what happens next? Yeah, so for vision, that, that's really where I started to understand 
once I had vision or once I uh, got to a point where I had vision, that was where with the deeper path that helped so much to understand, you know, first of all, I, I had a dream and, and as Kerry does, he, and he walks through this with uh, Chet Scott's um, information that he's put together in terms of developing your opus. But first of all, you have a dream. My dream is to, you know, to, um, to be able to um, speak in front of people and to give um, them uh, motivations and inspiration to live their life differently. But then with the opus, the next part that I talked about, you have your uh, O stands for overarching vision. And the P stands for purpose. And the uh, U stands for uh, unifying strategies. And the S is for scorecard for success. Um, so that's that's what we do in, in, in the deeper path is to begin to understand and, and really going through that process. It helped me to understand my uh, my worldview because I, I never knew what my worldview was before. I didn't, I didn't know, you know what I believed in. So uh, the, the 30 I believe statements and the 30, uh, 30 I will statements that follow up for that, um, those are important to go through. And that's really, really almost uh, the entire part of vision is to understand those things in order to be able to do that. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's been very, very helpful to me. And I, I need to go through it again. And why do you think we have to revisit it? Uh, we have to revisit it because our vision changes. Ah, ah, I love that. So we are still malleable and we have opportunity to change. And so there's nothing wrong. Sometimes we have like this super strong vision and we've got this purpose, we've got this meaning and we're like forever. And then, you know, you add more life and I think really you add more wisdom. And I think really, in my opinion, that the Lord opens up a little bit more and you're like, oh, okay. So, so that got me to here. Uh, so we're going to change. Oh, we're going to change something. Okay. Okay. And so really that acceptance of what's, what's next coming, because if we really believe that some, something greater than ourselves has, has, you know, a, a bigger plan than we do, I don't think it necessarily changes the purpose of our lives, but it does emphasize at a time of our life when we should be acting on maybe this area now and, and so forth, right? With seasons and there's a time and a place and those kinds of things. And that I know for myself opens up a lot of opportunities without feeling, without feeling stuck or trapped or, or uh, the trap I'm talking about is perfection, right? Mm -hmm. that, oh, that's a snag right there because I, I'm probably sure so many people are like, I don't know the, the meaning of my life because I can't figure it out perfectly. Therefore, I don't have meaning. Therefore, I can't, you know, and, and it just spirals down into that negative type of thing or, or gets them stuck or keeps them the victim and blah, right? Like, chill, relax. It's okay. Yeah. Brian's blind and he's still going on with life. Like, it's okay, right? Mm -hmm. It's okay. You okay. overcome the challenges that are placed in front of you because they build your strength, they build your opportunities. And think about your life without the challenges that you have. Do you think your kids would be where they are if you didn't have these experiences? No way. Really? Really? No way. I'm sure of that. I mean, <laughs> overcoming doesn't mean ignoring. Um, so ooh, 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 say that again. Say that again. Overcoming doesn't mean ignoring. There you go. So there, uh, I mean, for me, that that shows them that 
you know, you can't, uh, you gotta, you gotta go through or you gotta get over or some way uh, to, to get around the obstacles and to make something else out of it. So uh, when I, when I, when I live my life, and that's all I do, and I, I don't do anything miraculous. I don't, I don't uh, deliver any teachings or you know have any great sayings or anything like that. So I just, I get up in the morning and I, I go to work and I try my best. And you know sometimes I, I do a good job and sometimes I suck. But uh, <laughs> I, I like want to know what the sign for that was. The sign for suck is this. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> anyways um so you know i I just that's who i am so that 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 showed them i think that showed them that you know they there are going to be instances where you know things don't go well and you need to get through that or get over it and get on with it yes get through it Get over it. Get on with it. Exactly. Because what are your other options? What are your other options? I I have an ancestor living long, long, long time ago where tragedy struck the family, and she was literally stranded on the plains of Wyoming. This is 1856. It's October. It's negative 20 degrees. There's four feet of snow. Her parents have both perished. There's There were nine children. Now they're down to four. She's five years old. What's her option? To just sit there or to get up, get through, and get over it, right? You just, you have to, I don't know, you just have to do it. And, and of course, there's healing that goes through these kinds of things. And when the trauma and the dramatic things happen in your life, there are options and opportunities if you have a vision, right? If you have some sight to say, ah, oh, maybe I could work on that part for a little bit. Uh, and it's it's all good. It's all good. I, I love the, your perspective on it, Brian, because what option were you given? You're going to just sit there. Uh, I got 2011. That was the year. That's it. It's all <laughs> done. Like, is that really what you were going to do? Like, did you ever have a time where you're like, and we're done? Like, just your personality doesn't seem like that's even possible. No, no. <laughs> I look at it from a perspective of, I think everybody would be the same way, but I'm guessing not everybody would be the same way. So, you know, that's an unfortunate part of that. Yeah, it's true. So how did you, after the surgeries and these kinds of things, and um, I'm a, you said at first, for six months you were blind after the surgery or that was prior to surgery? Yeah, so I had, uh, I was well blind for well, the one month one month, okay. surgery, and then probably five months after the surgery. So a total of six months from March okay. 4th until October something. So, Wow. Wow. And what happened on the day that some sight came back? Like what, what were you, did you experience? Well, I, I've always had, uh, I, I could see light uh, out of my eyes. So I, I could see different things. You know, for example, my left eye, I could usually see pretty well out of it, but it wasn't open all the way. It wasn't open very far at all. So um, back in June, I think it was, June or July, I remember being with uh, some family and one of my brothers said, you know, well, your eye is really open right now. So it hadn't been opened at all before. 
Um, but when it opened, that allowed me to be able to, to see better because if I, if I didn't do that, I, I would have to walk around every day like this in order to be able to see. So that was, that was this is how I would, able to, I would be able to cope uh, and read a computer or read a, a book or whatever the case may be. So this is how I, this is how I live my life. And, you know, as you can imagine, my fingernails were really important to be cut well. Um, but um, yeah, that's, uh, that's you know, what, I, what I went through with that. And you know, when I begin to see light, when I begin to have my eye open, that uh, begin to change things. Obviously, you know, from July or from June to July to, uh, to October is still a long time, but um, still had to, uh, to get to a point where, you know, I could see well enough to, to be able to go out on my own in a car. Um, so I, I've had another brain bleed back in November of 2020, so I don't drive anymore, but um, yeah, so that's, that's what is my, my uh, current situation. Wow, and it looks like you, you've adjusted again and you know that this is part of the condition. And so I'm sure every day you're, you're preparing, you're living, you're doing you know, what you can. And on the bad days, I'm sure you don't beat yourself up like, what if today was the last day and it was such a bad? What a waste of energy, like put it down, man. Put it away and just and get up the next day and, and do, do that as best you can. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about this after-school program at the School for the Blind, what you do to help those kids. Wow. So uh, they're, they're so kind and so nice. You know, they're, they're resilient. They're, uh, they're, um, they're great um, to be able to be with because they're, they're, they're patient. They have a different perspective. Um, and I just uh, love to be able to spend time with them. So in these uh, clubs that we have, and we've had, we've had over 30 different kinds of clubs, um, you know, with, you know, two to, two to 20 kids joining uh, different clubs. Um, but there's a yoga club, there's a, a CrossFit club, you know, there's the dance club, um, there's a cooking club. Um, but my favorite club of all is the, the knitting club, where we teach the visually impaired kids how to knit. And wow. Is, yeah. That to me was the first one of the first clubs that I, I experienced there, and that to me was just totally, totally mind blowing. Couldn't imagine it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> really? I mean, it, it's an incredible thing because, yeah, you think, okay, yeah, big deal. Grandma knits. Who cares? No, no. This is amazing. You're actually producing something that then can be given. It could be, you know, purchased. It could be, you know, for yourself. Whatever. I. And, and it's such a skill, but it's a craft and it's it's a time of, of love that they're pouring into it. And I think that's really interesting that knitting is something that really connected with you. And it's possible because you in your line of, of work and, and perspective giving, looks like you do a lot of networking. And isn't that what knitting kind of is? It's all, you know, network <laughs> together. Hey, I'm telling you what. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes, that's good. Yeah. So, Brian, um, we're kind of coming towards the end of this. And is there anything that you would like our listeners to know about the book or about yourself? Something that, you know, will be inspirational for them. And, and uh, you have the floor. Wow. So the, the latest thing that I've, I've been working on, and thank you for so much, Laura, 
But uh, the latest thing I'm working on is uh, making sure that uh, people understand how to encourage other people that are different from them. So, you know, I have a speech impediment. I have a tube in my in my head. I have um, vision impaired. There's lots of different things going on with me, but I still reach out to people and I still want to make sure that I'm encouraging them to do better. And uh, you know, probably it's probably one of the things I do a lot with my own kids is to encourage them. But there are so many people out there in the world that need encouragement. They just need, they need somebody to tell them that they believe in them. They need somebody to tell them that they love them. They need somebody to tell them that they're doing a good job. So that's why I would say the most important thing that any of you can do is to encourage and love other people. Awesome. And that is perfect way to end a beacon of light podcast is to reach out to others, love others. Wonderful. Brian, this has been a phenomenal time tonight and I'm so grateful that you were able to show up and be here and share with us a little bit about yourself. Everyone get to Amazon and get that book. Sometimes it does take a brain surgeon and it's the truth, right? So everyone reach out there, get that book. You can also see it. There's his website, um, a radicalvision.com. Um, I know Brian hangs out a lot on LinkedIn and on Facebook. So reach out, share with him your information, and I'm sure he'd be willing to help. And anyone out there that needs any supports with some of your own blind spots and your own vision, reach out to Brian. That's Brian with one eye, right? You got it. You got it. You got it. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I got it. Okay, everybody. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Right. Thank you. Bye.